Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hello, and welcome to the Love Life Connection podcast, a podcast for successful women who feel like they have it all except love. I'm your host, Veronica Grant, a love and life coach. And my only goal with this podcast is to inspire you to believe in yourself and that real love is possible for you, even in our swipe right, swipe left world. So before we start today's episode, I've got a funny story for you. As you know, from the title, this episode is about how to manage a relationship and how to be in a healthy relationship where you and your partner may have different levels of personal development interest. And part of having those different levels of interest will just require some conversations usually. Um, And I call this the three month conversations. So around three months is a lot of times when folks are like, huh, what are we doing in this relationship? Where is this relationship going? Or are we official? Um, And there might also be some conversations around what you need from your partner, how you want them to show up. You're really setting some preliminary boundaries, frameworks to have your relationship from. And I talk a lot about that in today's episode. And so I wanted to create a conversation template to help guide you in having some of these conversations with a new or new-ish partner. Honestly, you could probably use this template with, you know, a partner you've been together for a long time. But I had new or new-ish couples in mind as I was creating this guide. So if you would like a template to go on as you're kind of navigating some of those early boundary talks, whether it's about personal development and some things that'll come up, around that or something else, then I think you'll like this download. So you can go to veronicagrant.com forward slash 267 download. And there you will be able to download my free guide on how to have the three month conversation. Again, that's veronicagrant.com forward slash 267 download. And my apologies, I did not mention this in the entire episode. So there won't be another reminder. So go to that website now, or you can go to the show notes and the link will be there as well. All right, on to the show. Hi there, and welcome to episode number 267 of the Love Life Connection podcast. I'm really excited about this topic, and I think it's probably going to be applicable to 
pretty much everyone, maybe most of you who listen to this show, because, you know, if you're listening to this show, I assume you are at least somewhat interested in personal development, personal growth. I really hate all of these terms. They just feel so, I don't know, cheeseballish, but we're just going to go with it. But, you know, I think that one thing that comes up both in dating and then also once you get into a relationship is one person will often be more interested in personal development than the other person. And sometimes that can create real conflict in a relationship for sure. And then sometimes it can create some wrinkles that need to be and can be ironed out. So I'm going to talk you through my process of being in my marriage with my husband who is not super into personal development. I'm a life coach. I breathe and live this shit and I love it. And we have a beautiful relationship and we make it work and it hasn't been perfect. And there's definitely been some moments of growth, one could say. And so I just want to, you know, this is going to be a really personal episode. I'm going to talk you through a lot of it. And I also just want to say, and I say this a lot on the show, I probably don't say it enough actually, is everything that I say may or may not be for you. So please don't hear me say something like, oh my God, Veronica said this, so I have to do it, or I have to make this true in my relationship. I want you to take what resonates, take what works for you, and then leave the rest. And so I'm going to walk you through some things in my relationship in this episode. And some things might be like, wow, that's a really great idea. I can totally try this. And then some things are like, you know what, not for me. And that's totally cool. It doesn't mean anything other than, you know, you're staying in your own agency, which is so, so important. And I could go on a tangent about that because sometimes in the personal development world, it can be a little preachy, like do this, do that. And God, I could talk a lot about that, but I will refrain myself. But I just really encourage you, whether you're listening to my show or someone else's show or reading a book, you know, just take what works and leave the rest and really trust that you know what's best for you. You do know what's best for you. Like no one can possibly know what's best for you. And I just think that's really important in the personal development world because sometimes it actually can be a little gaslighty. Like you must listen to what I say, otherwise you will die alone. And it's just like, Jesus Christ, like I've fallen for it. So I, I know that other people are falling for it as well. Okay, off my soapbox and into this episode. Before we get there, I just want to let you know that I have some space open in my calendar for a few more clients. We finally have full-time daycare for my baby, which I'm super excited about. And so I would love to support a handful more of you all this summer. So if you have been thinking about working with me it's been in the back of your mind, front of your mind, middle of your mind, wherever it is, I would love to connect with you to see if it would be a good fit for you and your love life and where you want to go. So as you know, listening from the show, you can probably get an idea that I am not the kind of coach where it's like, do this, say this, don't do that, text that and you'll get them forever or whatever. No, it's it's not that at all. It's deep work. And it's good work. It gets you to where you want to go, sometimes in a way that just brings up a lot of stuff. It can be very emotional. It can be very energetically, just a lot. Um, But for those of you that are really ready to do this transformation from the inside out, I would love to connect with you to see if we would be a good fit to work together. So to learn more and get the next steps and all that kind of good stuff, head over to veronicagrant.com forward slash coaching. And there you'll see a few things. You'll see a link where you can download my services and pricing guide where I lay everything out for you. So you just have an idea of, you know, what I can offer and what I do offer before we actually get onto our introductory call, which will be the next thing to do if you do want to work with me. 
And this call is just to get to know each other, for me to get to know you most importantly, so that I can make sure, you know, I can help you with the goals that you have in mind. And also just so you can get to know me a little bit more and we can have a back and forth conversation (laughs) rather than you just listening to me talk at you via this podcast, just to make sure it's a good vibe all around. So again, veronicagrant.com forward slash coaching, and we will have that link in the show notes as well. All right, so personal development and relationships. Can you make it work when one person is not into personal development and the other person is? Absolutely. So I've always been into personal development. I was reading Chicken Soup for the Soul books back when I was a little kid. I remember my mom gave me a book on puberty and I read that book like five times. Not because like, you know, I needed to you know, learn about what was happening, you know, down there to my boobs, but they had a section on the hormonal piece and the emotional piece and how relationship with parents and friendships and the opposite sex and all that kind of stuff changes. And I was just so fascinated by it. And I was also just so fascinated by the stories and chicken soup for the soul. I mean, I was reading like chicken soup for the cancer soul, chicken soup for the mother soul, like every copy of it, not just like chicken soup for the teen soul or whatever things that might have been more applicable to me. I've just always have really loved this world. I've had a book of inspirational quotes or a little journal where I would just write down quotes from movies or books that I read, and I just wanted to make sure I could keep them and flip through them when I wanted. I really loved outer space when I was younger, and I had my room, we painted it dark blue, and then I painted like all these gold stars and planets. And then I hung up these paper stars that I would put quotes, I would write quotes on them, you know, that had to do with stars and the universe, you know, like shoot for the stars, shoot for the moon, all that kind of stuff. So I've always just been so fascinated by just figuring out who we are and what we're doing here and what our purpose is and how I can live up to that, really. And I don't know if that's the Sagittarius rising in me. I think Veronica Preti, who is my friend who's been on the show many times talking about astrology, I think she would definitely say that's the Sagittarius uh, rising in me. But it's just always been a huge part of me. That being said, there's been a lot of ups and downs in my relationship with my husband when it comes to, you know, my personal development and his, I wouldn't say lack of personal development, just different flavors of it, I guess you could say. And I also just want to say that this is my perspective. This is my story. I'm not going to share what I think Stevie might have been thinking or feeling or experiencing because that's not mine to share. I'm just really sharing my perspective And my experience of it just to protect him and his privacy and all that kind of good stuff. So here's the very first thing that I think you have to do is whether or not you are dating or in a relationship right now, I think it's really important for you to decide what you want personal growth to look like in your relationship. I think it's wise to have an idea of this, but it doesn't have to be set in stone. You know, this can be a moving goalpost, so to speak, just based on what you learn about yourself and what your needs are in a relationship. You know, you might think, I don't really need someone to be in personal development. And then you get into a relationship where you meet someone and you learn something, you know, about yourself or about how a relationship works or how, you know, you are in a relationship and you're like, oh, actually, I do need to be a little more in into personal development. And it can be the complete opposite as well. You know, it's really funny when I was dating, 
Um, I was very, very into online dating and I was using OkCupid for the most part. I had a few other swipey apps that I used, but mostly OkCupid. And I had a few references. Gosh, I need to find my own profile. I don't know if it's still there. I'm sure it is. I don't know. I'll find it. Maybe I'll post it on Facebook or something or Instagram. Anyways, I remember I definitely had some things about yoga because I was going through yoga teacher training. This is also when I was going through health coach training. And I was just, you know, very much into that world at that point, because any moment that I wasn't at the job that I hated, I was either, you know, doing my coach training, or I was, you know, working, quote, unquote, on myself, or I was doing my yoga teacher training, which is basically working on yourself. And so I I would get all of these guys to reply or, or reply to my profile, and they would all be yogis. And they would tell me like how they're like, they went on this retreat and they're into that yoga and da, da, da. and I would just be really turned off for some reason. And that's when I realized I was talking to a friend. That's when I realized like, I want yoga to be my thing in a relationship. I don't want it to be something that's shared. Like I want to be like, all right, you're going to stay home and do whatever you're going to do. And I'm going to, you know, take myself out of this, you know, space for right now for the next hour, next two hours and go do my yoga and be with myself, be with my breath, be in my body. And then I'm going to come back and we're going to be in this relationship and it's going to be amazing. And so I just stopped replying or didn't, you know, wasn't very interested in all the people that were into yoga that were replying. And I think I eventually took it off my profile. I don't remember though. So don't quote me on that. And I know I'm talking about yoga, but I think that became kind of synonymous with personal development. And at least when I was dating, I wanted someone obviously who was self-aware. I always knew I wanted someone that was aware of the world outside of ourselves, mostly like politics and the political world and social economic issues. I mean, this is my life. This is what I lived and breathed through college, through grad school, through the years after grad school. I mean, I just finished working on the Obama campaign for crying out loud. So obviously, this is a really, really important, you know, piece for me. And I just was not going to be interested in someone who just had no idea of what was going on in the world at all. So that I knew was important. But in terms of like personal growth, you know, this part of me where I just wanted it to be my thing. And I don't know how I knew that, but it actually works really well for my personality because sometimes I can get really, really wrapped up in like astrology or eclipse season or Mercury's retrograding or this or that. And it's really nice for me, at least, to have someone that can kind of pull me out of that world and like, yeah, Veronica, that's fun. That's great. I'm glad you love it. I'm glad you're learning something about yourself, the world, whatever. But also let's live life a little bit right? And so I guess intuitively, I knew that if I was dating someone who was like as into astrology as I was or yoga or whatever, we would just be living in la la land, you know, and we would never be on, you know, (laughs) on earth to live our life to be in our relationship. And so again, for me, it works really well. And so I invite you just to explore that, you know, you might decide, you know what, Veronica, I really want someone who's going to be just as into this stuff. I want someone who's going to sign me up for going on these couple retreats or these other kind of things together. And I don't want to always take the lead on that. I want someone as equally into that as me. And if that's you, then I say go for it. I do not want you to compromise on this thing that you know you deeply want. I just want you to know that if you are unsure of how much interpersonal growth you want your partner to be, or you've never really thought about it, I just want you to know that you can absolutely be in a really beautiful relationship with someone who's just not in this personal growth as you are. And it can absolutely work. And it cannot just like, it's not even a situation where you can make it work. It can actually work really, really beautifully. 
So once I started my business and I was, again, if you have been following me for a while, you know that I started as a health coach focusing on body image and emotional eating. And so my practices in my own life and my personal development got even deeper. And I started learning about a whole other world of personal development, which is more about spiritual growth. And I think I was always doing spiritual growth, but it just became more of a vernacular that I was familiar with. And so what would happen is, you know, I would learn something about communication in a relationship, or I would learn about, you know, dealing with anger or something like that. And then I would come home or CB and I would then get into some sort of argument. And what would happen is I would get really, really anxious because then I'd be like, oh my gosh, he's not doing what the books say you should do. And what does this mean about a relationship? What does this mean about me and the kind of coach I am and the kind of person I am? Oh, it's all just such a farce and I'm a hypocrite. And, you know, I would just really, really get incredibly anxious about it. And so then I would try to fix the situation. I would try to make him wrong. Like, well, you should be acting like this. And then honestly, I would then be acting like a monster because he's not acting how he's supposed to be acting, you know, in terms of like what a personal growth person would say. And so then again, I would be feeling anxious. And so then I'd be acting like a monster. Then he would act like a monster. And then the cycle would just keep going, 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 going. And then of course, because the fight then would get much worse than it needed to be. I would feel guilty. I'd feel like an imposter. And it was just not a fun situation. It wasn't fun for him. It wasn't fun for me. And obviously, it was not going to take the relationship where I wanted it to go. And there was a time in our relationship where I really questioned like, wow, like he's not into personal growth like I am. I don't know if this is going to work. If I keep growing, I'm going to grow without him. And it was really concerning to me for a while. And that's actually something I did share with him. But And I'll talk about that a little bit later on in today's episode. Okay, so for the rest of this episode, I'm going to walk you through five things that I have done in my relationship that has really helped, you know, us having different paths in terms of our personal growth. And I just want to say that, again, like I said at the top of the episode, if something that I say here resonates with you and you want to try it in your relationship or with the person that you're dating, I say go for it. If it doesn't resonate, then leave it. That's totally fine. And I also want to be really clear. I'm going to tell you these five things. I am not perfect at them and I am not doing them 100% of the time. I am human and I do my best. I've gotten to a place where I'm pretty happy with myself if I can do 80% of the things, 80% of the time, 80% good. (laughs) You know what I mean? Because I have to leave room for there to be space for contrast. Not that I want to start fights or anything, but we do learn from contrast, right? I do find that in my relationship with CB, we kind of have like a rocky period where I just feel like we're constantly stepping on each other's toes and we're just getting frustrated with each other. And then finally we have a good talk about it. And then we elevate to the next level of our relationship. And then we're good for a little bit. And then it's like a little rocky, we're stepping on each other's toes a lot because we've just reached the next level. And then we figure it out and then we move up. And so I, I find that's really the space that, or that's the rhythm, I would say that Stevie and I are in. And, um, and so I just share that with you that, you know, I don't do this 100% of the time. Um, I'm definitely not perfect at what I'm about to share. And I just think it's important to say that because sometimes we can you know, look at influencers or podcasters or coaches or teachers or healers and say, oh my God, they're so perfect. They're doing everything right and I'm doing everything wrong. And that can just kind of contribute to some of the self-pity and turmoil and all that kind of stuff. And actually, I think that that actually held me back in my relationship for a long time, which I'll get to in a second. But when Stevie was not, you know, into personal growth the way that I was, 
I used to think that all these other people that I was looking at into the Instagram internet world, you know, I'd compare myself against them. And I would just think, oh, my God, like, this is this is horrible. And it would just make me feel like crap as a person, as a coach, as someone in this relationship. And it's just not really fair, because yeah, they're teaching these things. But like, there's no way they're doing them 100% correctly, or 100% of the time or perfect. Like, it's just it's just not true. And so I'm this is just a long-winded way of me saying that I'm not perfect at this. Please don't compare what I'm about to share with you as like the, you know, way you have to be all the time because you're probably not going to be just like I'm not going to be. Okay, so the first thing that I had to do in my relationship with CB was to check my ego. And I think this is really important because my form of personal growth looks a lot like lighting candles and incense and maybe listening to some music, maybe moving my body in some sort of way just to get things moving, Um, maybe also doing some meditation, definitely doing some meditation, pulling cards, journaling, inner child work, walking outside with no phone, and just listening to the birds chirp and the breeze and the sun on my face, all that kind of good stuff. This is how I do probably 80%, 90% of my own personal growth work. And what I had to realize is that this way is not the only road to Rome. And when I got really clear on what it was that I actually wanted my partner to do, because again, when my ego was involved, it was like, oh my God, CB doesn't meditate. CB doesn't do this. He doesn't do that. And I used to think that this meant something about me as a person, about me as a coach, about the kind of relationship that I was in. And that really planted a lot of seeds of doubt. But again, it was all ego-based thinking that we had to look and act and be a certain way, not only me, but him and also, you know, us within the relationship. And when I got really clear on what it was that I actually needed, because again, we all want things because we believe it'll make ourselves feel a certain way. Nobody wants to get a certain kind of job or even in a partnership because just for the sake of the job or the partnership, we want those things because we believe they'll make us feel a certain way. And so I think the same thing is true when it comes to intangible things, right? Like I thought that I needed Stevie to be a certain way because it would make me feel like good about the kind of coach I was or whatever. But what I really needed when I got really clear on what the feeling was is I really just needed him to be connected to something bigger than himself and to be aspiring to do something bigger, to be something bigger. And that can look through the personal growth lens, but it can look in a lot of different ways as well. And, you know, CV finds a lot of his passion, a lot of his creativity outside of how he gets paid, outside of how he makes money. Not saying he doesn't like his job, but he has a lot, a lot of passions outside of that. And so I actually began to see how he was running all of these side businesses and doing some of these little startup gigs. And also um, he makes pottery, or I guess he throws pottery. I think that's the correct verb. Uh, He also does woodworking and a whole bunch of just like, not like artsy in the terms of like hippie art, but like, I don't know, he's an engineer. So there's some other word for it. I don't know how to describe it, but I don't know what goes on in his mind or his heart as he's doing these things, but I can only imagine that he's getting into his creative self. And I talk a lot about tapping into our creative selves as a form of healing, because that's the part of us that is connected to the inner child, that is connected, at least to what I believe, spirit and divine in our true self. And so if he's going to do that through woodworking or metalworking or throwing pottery or his side businesses, then like, awesome. I'm going to do it through my meditation because, well, actually I grow a lot also through building this business. So 
I had to check my ego and I encourage you to check your ego. If you're looking at your partner and you're like, well, they don't do this or they don't do that. Well, okay, that's cool. But what are they doing? And look, if they really are someone who just sits at home and watches Netflix all night after work and all weekend, and maybe goes drinking with his buddies sometimes, maybe that's not the right person for you because maybe you do need someone with a little bit more drive. And that's important thing because that's a value, right? And you're allowed to want and need that from your partner. Um, But my thing is like, does it have to look like how you do it. And most of the time that answer would probably be no. I think that you don't have to be on the same path. I think you have to be on parallel paths. And I said that before on this show. And I think the same thing is true when it comes to your personal growth. Second thing that I think has been really helpful in our relationship is instead of telling my partner what to do or what not to do, is just telling him what I'm learning. Oh my gosh, I was listening to this podcast. I thought it was really interesting. Or, hey, I was reading this book and this is what I learned rather than trying to be like, ooh, I see your inner 10-year-old coming out. It looks like he got triggered. Do you want to talk about it? That is a good way to start a fight. (laughs) That is patronizing. It is condescending. And if we're talking to a man, that is definitely emasculating. Just don't do it. Just simply share what you're learning. Share what you think might be interesting for them to know with no agenda attached. And that's pretty much it. The third thing, and this is actually pretty closely related to the second thing. So you want to lead by example rather than telling them what to do. So obviously I don't need to go into this again, telling someone what to do, being their coach, being their therapist, being their mom, certainly not going to go well 99.999% of the time, but rather you can lead by example. So show up how you want them to show up. You know, I often say on this podcast, we teach others how to treat us. And it's so, so true, right? If we don't hold boundaries with ourselves, if we don't take care of ourselves, if we don't show others that we love ourselves and respect ourselves, then how in the world can we expect other people to show up in those ways if we're not, right? We teach people how to treat ourselves. And I think the same thing goes when it comes to the partnerships that we're in. How you show up, you're teaching your partner how it's okay to show up. So if you show up and you're blaming and you're being accusatory and you're being like, and just kind of running a million miles a minute and jumping to anger and reacting on that anger and not pausing or whatever it is, then that's just going to be the dynamic. That's going to be the characteristic in your relationship that's going to just keep going. And your partner is going to think, okay, so I guess this is all right too, whether they think that consciously or unconsciously. So when you can show up in a place that's more responsive and a place that's less reactive from a place that is curious and wanting to hear how the other person felt misunderstood or not heard, then you're showing an example of how they can then treat you as well. Now, this might require a separate conversation when you're actually not in a fight. So when you're in a fight, but then you start fighting about how to fight, like that can be a little messy and a little sloppy. So I really like to have this kind of conversation, not within the context of a fight, like, hey, next time we're in a disagreement, can we have these parameters? Can we have these guidelines? And it's not going to be perfect for the next time, but I do think that it gives you a framework in which to work with that will help you to show up how you know you want them to show up and then also will give them a framework to work by as well. I want to take a quick pause here to remind you that if you haven't already, you've got to block out an hour on your calendar and check out my workshop, The Five-Step Strategy to Banish Anxiety and Overwhelm in Your Love Life so you can attract a fulfilling partnership and live a life of purpose. It's completely free and in the workshop, I break down exactly why you're in the dating pattern you're in, how to take the confidence you feel in the rest of your life and apply it to your dating life and so much more. 
If you like my style, philosophy, and how I coach women on the show, this workshop will help you get started in your own deep work. And for those of you who want to understand the why behind what I do on the show, I even dig a bit into the science of love so you can start to see real change in your own love life. It's really all my best work in one place and you can access it right now. I strongly believe you don't have to spend years in therapy or read every dating self-help book to dramatically transform your love life. Grab your seat over at veronicagrant.com forward slash workshop. And now back to the show. Here is the next thing. And I think this is a big thing. You have to understand that the personal growth industry is largely an industry by women for women. And I'm going to go so far as to say that a lot of the at least mega personal growth stars value extroversion over introversion. Okay. So if you are dating or in a relationship with a man and he's introverted, then this is going to be doubly challenging, but it'll still be challenging even if he's extroverted, but he's still a man. Okay. So I say this because there's two pieces here. One, when you think of some of the big personal growth stars like Tony Robbins, and I know we've got Rachel Hollis, she's kind of fell from grace, but there's a lot of other, you know, mega personal growth stars that have these huge conferences with, I mean, I don't even know how many people, honestly, I've never been to one of them, tens of thousands, I think people, you have to be on, you know, like your energy has to be high. And so mainstream personal growth still values extroversion over introversion. Okay. And it's just simply an industry for women by women. And I totally understand the irony of me talking about this because I'm in the personal growth industry. I'm a part of it. I'm a consumer of it. I'm a woman and my work is for women, right? So I totally understand that. But I think that once I was able to let go of the fact that maybe mainstream personal growth just isn't going to resonate with someone who identifies as a man or as a male and is also pretty introverted, then the fact that they're not doing personal growth you know, again, this goes back to my first point, it doesn't have to look the way I think it's supposed to look because this industry just simply wasn't built for them. So once I was able to really get that, then I actually, for me, at least personally, I was naturally able to let go of a lot of the expectations. And a lot of the, you know, he should do that, he should do this kind of thinking. And the final thing that's really helped me in our relationship is, and this is going to be a little bit more heteronormative, so I apologize, but I just want to say this. If you approach your partner like, hey, we should go to couples therapy or couples coaching or do this couples retreat or whatever, I mean, you could totally do that. And I totally support doing couples things like that. You know, CB will get on board with me on some of these things for sure. And he actually has admitted that he enjoys doing it because (laughs) it brings us closer, which Lo and behold, it does feel good, right? And I'll talk about how I've gotten him on board for some things that you know he's okay with. Um, I'll talk about that in a second. But I think that a lot of times there's a stereotype. We turn to personal growth when something's not working, when something's broken, and when something needs to be fixed. And so I think that if you're always trying to, quote unquote, work on the relationship with your partner the way you might always be, quote unquote, trying to work on you, because personal growth for you, personal development might be a hobby, might be a little bit of an addiction, maybe somewhere in the middle, then that can actually in itself be pretty emasculating to a male partner. And again, this is going to get very heteronormative and gender normative. So it's not universally or 100% true, but I do think there's truth behind it. 
you know, a man who's in a relationship with a woman, I think, wants to help her fix things, you know? And actually, that's been a source of argument for me and Stevie, especially early on in our relationship. I would tell him about a problem I was having. And really, I just needed him to listen. I just needed him to hear. But he wants to fix it, you know? And whether that's because he's an engineer or because he's a man or both, I don't really know. But I do think there is, again, some truth to that for the male psyche, the male or like for masculine energy. So a man who has a lot of masculine energy, I think will want to fix things, fix problems uh, for their female counterpart or for their feminine energy counterpart which is a really wonderful thing to have in a relationship. However, if you as the feminine energy counterpart, the woman come to the relationship, come to the man and say, Oh my God, we should go to couples therapy. We should do this. Then in their mind, they can be reading it as something's broken. Something's not working. Something has to be fixed. And if they can't figure out what it is or how it is, they can do it, then that can actually be very emasculating because then they can feel like, well, no matter what they do, they're not good enough. They're not measuring up to what, you know, their partner wants. And again, this is heteronormative, also gender normative. So I apologize. It's not universally true, but definitely something to look at within a relationship or in your dating experience with someone. If there's a little bit of friction between your love of personal development with their, you know, like, I don't know, trepidation of personal development. So that's what I've learned from, you know, navigating personal development and being way more into it than my partner. And I'm going to conclude this episode with just sharing some of our frameworks, our boundaries that we work from. And then again, feel free to use some of them. Feel free to lose some of them if they don't work for you. So for me, it was really, really important for Stevie to know that my meditation, my morning time is sacred. It happens. There's no debating. There's no arguing. There's no like hey, what do you want to do today? Or hey, what do you want to have for dinner tonight? There's none of that. He can wait 10, 15 minutes. Okay. It went away a little bit with baby, but it's been back. And now in the mornings, he knows he has the baby for about 10, 15 minutes. It's a little shorter than I would like it to be. But once daycare comes around, it'll be a longer time, but it's 10 or 15 minutes. It's just me and my meditation and my journal and my candle and no one or nothing else. And he knows that is incredibly sacred and incredibly important to me. He also knows that relationships don't just coast. We have to be proactive. We have to, you know, just like any plant you have outside, you have to water it. You have to fertilize it. You have to give it things so that it can grow. And he really gets this. And, you know, sometimes uh, when we're talking, he'll actually express his appreciation for me that I bring some of what I'm learning and what I know to be true about healthy relationships and communication and boundaries and dialogue and all that kind of stuff. He appreciates that because he knows that, it helps the relationship. It helps us grow. It helps us become closer. It helps us become more intimate. It helps us do all of these things. And so when I was able to ask him to do certain things, like go to like a yoga couples workshop or take a couples class or whatever, I would really have to frame it as like, I don't think, you know, we're broken or something's wrong with you or something's wrong with me. I just know that we have to water our relationship just like you have to water a plant. And he gets that, right? He's a gardener. So he understands that analogy. And so I can't go crazy. I'm not going to, you know, (laughs) we're not going to do something every weekend or, or even once a month, probably. I mean, I mean, conversations, of course, but not like a couple's weekend, like once a month, like that would be a little bit overboard. But we do one to two things a year, depending on what it is and how long, whatever the thing is that we decide to do and what the commitment 
level is both in terms of time and money. And that seems to work really well. And I don't know, it works for a relationship. And the final thing is, is that we just know and respect each other's boundaries. You know, when boundaries don't exist in a relationship and you're constantly stepping on each other's toes and the other person doesn't feel heard, doesn't feel seen, doesn't feel respected, feels like they have to fight for what they need. And then lo and behold, fights happen. So I know what he needs to feel, you know, normal, to feel not just normal, but thriving. And he knows what I need. So one example that created a lot of friction early on in our relationship is, you know, when I was starting out my business, you know, I was, <laughs> I don't even know what the hell I was doing. Honestly, I didn't have any clients, but I was trying to get clients, but not really sure what I was doing. So I was just sitting on my computer all day long doing God knows what. And he would come home, he's introverted. And I'd be like, Oh, my God, a human to talk to. And so I'd want to go talk to him and like tell him about my day. And and he's an introvert. And he's just been in the office all day. And so he needs to have some time just to decompress. He needs to take a nap. He needs to play with a dog. He needs to watch a television show. He needs to be on his phone for a second just to zone out. And I was not respecting that at all. Because in my mind, again, I was kind of bringing in my version of you know, personal development, like, oh, well, people into personal development, they don't just scroll Instagram or Facebook, or they don't just watch a TV show, you know, so it was kind of a few things going into this argument, or at least on my side, it was. But then finally, I just had to be like, okay, if I just give him 30 minutes to do whatever he wants to do after he gets back from work, then, and then he's how I want him to be. And he's kind, and he's considerate, and he wants to talk, and he wants to have fun, and he wants to make jokes, and all that kind of stuff. And we can go take the dog on a walk, or we can do whatever we want to do. And he's going to be excited and willing to do it rather than like forcing him to do it when he's tired and exhausted and rather be doing just about anything else. So that's just an example of a boundary that, you know, or an agreement that we have within our relationship. And so and obviously, this applies to far outside of personal development. But I think that when you have boundaries, and you have open communication and dialogue about all of the stuff in a relationship, it's like, who cares if he does personal development or not, at least that's my opinion. Because that's why you do this stuff, right? You don't do personal development for the sake of personal development, right? You do it so that you feel confident and worthy enough to have the space to ask for what you need and show up for yourself and ask the other person to show up for you and all of these things. And so if you're able to create these things in your relationship, I don't know, in my opinion, it's like, who freaking cares? Now, again, if you care, and you really want your person to be like going to every single, you know, personal development seminar with you retreat, whatever, then go for it, you know, I'm not saying that's wrong or bad, but in my experience, I'm like, well, who, you know, if you can get to that space in your relationship, then, you know, what does it matter how they got there, you know? And it is true, I think, that when one person is more into personal development than the other, I do think that you do have to take a little bit more of the lead on some things when it comes to having the necessary boundaries and communication and dialogue that needs to be had. I'm willing to take that extra lead on it, you know, and I think that's a normal part of a relationship. Once you're in a relationship that's, you know, especially when you're like cohabitating, you know, not everything's going to be equal, you're going to one person's going to take more lead on the finances of the relationships, one person's going to take more lead on the groceries and the food and the stuff you eat and all that kind of stuff. And so if one person just takes a little bit more lead on making sure that the relationship has time to be nurtured, then to me, that's just like another bucket in a relationship that has to be dealt with. And it's fine. So for me, it's no problem. Now, again, for you, if it's a problem, then I want it to be a problem for you because I want you to get what you want. 
Um, But I think for most people, when we check our egos, I think this will be true. I don't know. Let's just go with 80% of the time. That seems to be a number that I like this episode. All right, my dear, I hope this episode was helpful. I know it's a little bit different. It's a little bit more personal than it's been as of late. So if you have any questions, feedback, anything, then come over onto Instagram, send me a DM. I'm Veronica E. Grant. And please share this episode with your friends, colleagues, coworkers. I really, really appreciate the love. And again, if you are interested in working with me one-on-one this summer, then head over to veronicagrant.com forward slash coaching. I've got a few spots available and those will likely get filled pretty quickly. So if you are interested, please don't delay. Again, veronicagrant.com forward slash coaching. And that's all I've got for you. I will see you next week with a brand new coaching episode, which is a really good one. It's all about how to not lose yourself in your relationships. Okay, talk soon. One more thing. You may be wondering, but Veronica, how do I start doing the deep work? I'm ready to make a shift. If that's you, I recommend you start with my totally free workshop, Five Steps to Ending Overwhelm and Anxiety in Dating. The good news is that you don't have to do all the things to find love. This workshop will walk you through the five big shifts that'll give you the biggest bang for your buck. You'll learn a step-by-step game plan to finally get unstuck and unblocked in love and end the cycle of dead-end relationships. You'll learn the number one reason most highly successful, motivated, and ambitious women struggle in love and what you can do to make sure it doesn't happen to you. You'll learn how to figure out the real reason you're attracting partners who aren't emotionally available or toxic or just simply not on your intellectual or emotional level. And you'll also learn the single most effective way to tap into the inner confidence you feel in your career and elsewhere in your life so that it'll carry over into your love life. And of course, a lot more. If you're ready to shift things in your life, I seriously can't wait for you to get your hands on this. Head over to veronicagrant.com forward slash workshop to sign up. Thank you so much for listening to the Love Life Connection podcast. If you're looking for links or resources mentioned in the show, you can find the show notes to this episode and all previous episodes at veronicagrant.com forward slash podcast. And if you love this episode, please subscribe and take a moment to rate and review the show. It really helps. I'll see you next week for a brand new episode of the Love Life Connection podcast. And until then, sending you lots of love. the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTER Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. 
Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.